Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Welcome to the spooky episode of another digital citizen. Ooh, spooky. Hello, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Spooky. Spooky. It is the last Wednesday we record before Halloween. I'm scary too, but I'm just regular because that's what real serial killers are like. Is they just <laughs> act like everybody else. True. True. You are a ser serial killer. I think you that's an Adams Family joke from like one of the '90s Adams <laughs> Family movies. You are definitely a serial killer. I killed more people than you, to be fair, so... Well, that's just that. a great... If you're going to a costume party... It, well, not that there's probably a lot of costume parties happening during COVID times, but there might be some, and if you're going to a costume party and you don't have a costume, just dress up regularly and just say, hey, I'm a serial killer. This is what serial killers dress like, everybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you know what is more spooky than Halloween? Uh... No. Drinking Christmas soda in October. That, that is, is more spooky. Yeah. People, people get all yeah. upset online if you bring out the Christmas stuff before <laughs> Halloween, and we're, we're going to break that rule. Oh, we are going to do it. So, will you explain to the listeners, why is Christmas soda such an integrated part of another digital citizen? Norway has a tradition of Christmas soda. I guess is the mm -hmm. best place to put it. A traditional competition, I guess. I don't know how long is how long it's been around, but maybe you do. Long time. Long time. <laughs> that local town breweries have competed to make the best Christmas soda in different mm -hmm. towns in Norway, and so Fro mm -hmm. has one such soda, and we're gonna do more, I guess, over the next few weeks. Do you know what town this one is from, by any chance? I do. This is from Mac Brewery. And Mac Brewery is in the northern parts of Norway. Uh, I think it's either Buda or Tromsø. One of the northern cities. Uh, but not only is this a Christmas soda, it's a energy drink soda. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it's called Explo Santa Power, and it's sugar-free. So d d there probably that. was a non-sugar-free version, but you I, got the sugar-free. I have no clue. Yeah. I, I, I picked this up. This is was the first thing. Uh, sugar-free is so box. good nowadays that you can barely tell the difference anymore. Yeah, you hear them? So I read the label. It says it's uh, supposed to taste like strawberry and vanilla. Let's take a little sniff. Ooh, oh, ooh, <laughs> oh! Have you ever tasted those like strawberry hearts with with, with uh, like uh, gum gum strawberry hearts? I don't think so. Mm. Hmm, maybe, uh, maybe, but I don't. I don't remember. Smells like that. Okay, let's take a little sip, sip. 
Mm. Wow, that's good. <laughs> it's tell it's it's taste just like strawberry cream. Mm. This is such a surprise because the smell was really, really not good. It it smells awful, but it tastes fantastic. Huh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, this is something I never knew, and apparently, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show before, but uh, Christmas soda is an accompaniment to Christmas beer, which is a seasonal beer, uh, which includes cinnamon, orange peel, cloves, and vanilla. Is, is that... Mm-hmm. So, the breweries that make the seasonal beer also make a drink for miners, which is the soda, and Mm -hmm. it has a red color, usually from strawberry, but it can also look pale brown, similar to beer. Yep. Uh, This looks super uh, red. Um, uh, Okay, out of 10, this is going to rate pretty high. I am going to take it a little down because of the terrible artificial taste. No, smell. Smell, okay. But but the taste is so good that I'm actually going to give it a eight and a half. Huh, okay. That's pretty high, actually. Especially for the first one. Um, Yeah. Sugar-free. I like that it's sugar-free. Uh, a little minus because it's caffeinated and I'm drinking it very, very late. <laughs> it's not really de- de- their fault I'm drinking it very, very late. But yeah, it's going to be very nice to try to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to drink it all. Uh, you can always save no, no. it, I guess. But uh, they're not all caffeinated, right? This wasn't just the energy drink version, right? Right. This right. was the first first one I really wanted to try. It looks like an energy drink from the can as well. The can looks energy mm-hmm. drink like. Uh, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense to put caffeine in there if it's like kind of going off of the idea of being a beer substitute for miners, which again is weird to me that they would. I'm I'm sure this is something from like the the sixties and seventies when they used to sell like candied cigarettes to kids. But mm-hmm. making a soda that looks even the color of beer to market it to children is funny to think mm-hmm. about in 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, you know the local Lillehammer one is brown, so... Still? Because I would think nowadays they would probably lean more towards making it look really red and like bright colors because yeah, kids are yeah, attracted no. to that, you know? Uh, that has always been brown. I don't know why. We should, yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, it's to, to, uh, it says similar to beer, depending on brewery and brand, it can change. Like, that's what it said. This is from a Wikipedia article, so whatever, but. But yeah, no, super surprised. Very, very happy. Good. Uh, all right. Actually, before we start the podcast, before we get into the news, I've got something here, too. I got a fortune cookie. Let's see what our fortune is before we... Let's see how this podcast is going to go from a cookie. <laughs> so this is... this is. I'm not going to eat the cookie. I think fortune cookies taste like total ass. They taste like cardboard with sugar in it. So I, I'm just going to throw away the... More. <laughs> throw that away in the trash right away. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not, it's not eatable. 
Okay, so what's our fortune? A leader is powerful to the degree he empowers others. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's true. You do empower me, and you're my leader, so... <sighs> Sure, I guess so. I was hoping we would get something like uh, telling us how the podcast was going to go, but sure. Mm. <laughs> Talking about leaders, uh, the leader of America, uh, what, what is his name again? Brandon? Joseph Robinette Biden. <laughs> Joseph Biden. Uh, yeah, uh, they uh, appealed against the UK for the Assange extension block. Uh, lawyers in the US told the high court the judge who blocked Julian Assange's extradition had been misled by his psychiatrist. Uh, what are these? Scientologists? What are we doing here? The United States government <laughs> started legal appeal to try to get the WikiLeaks founder extradited. Uh, in court in January, uh, it was ruled Mr. Assange could not be extradited to the U.S. due to concerns over his mental health. Uh... The documents reveal... Oh, right. The U.S. leak broke uh, laws and endangered lion, lives, but Mr. Assange says the case is all politically motivated. His lawyers told the court the risk of suicide could be in imminent uh, the moment extradition becomes likely. Um, so, yeah, it, it, on Wednesday, James Lewis QC, who represents the U.S., told the Chief Justice... Holroyd, that the conclusion was wrong. He said that Mr. Assange's psychiatrist had misled the judge, and the U.S. had not been given an opportunity to answer her questions. Uh, on Wednesday morning, Assange's legal team initially told judges he would not attend because he was not well, but he later attended via f video link. U.S. lawyers say, said it had now given four binding reason uh, uh, assurances on how Assange could be treated in the U.S., uh, number one, he would not. It would not impose highly restrictive form of solitary confinement for Assange after trial. Although he could be committed, uh, it. Although it could do so if committed further offenses. Okay, like in jail, I assume. Mr. Assange could apply to serve a sentence in Australia, and the U.S. would agree to transfer him there. Um, which we've heard about mm. before. Prison authorities would assure. Assange would receive any clinical psychological psychological treatment that prison doctors could recommend. Well, in America, that doesn't really mean much. Uh, they don't take we don't take care of our prisoners very well. So, Mr. Assange would also yeah, no. not be sent to ADX Florence, a supermax prison reserved for the worst offenders. Uh, the U.S. said these assurances were binding. Um, what do you think about those, I guess, before I move on? I would rather that he is sent to Australia, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it says here that uh, although uh, they said this, Australia has not agreed to accept Assange in. Therefore, right. those are... It's not... Cons his, Assange's lawyers are not considering those, like, legitimate reasons, because mm -hmm. if, if Australia had said, yeah, we'll ex we'll let him in, that would be one thing, but it's just the U.S. giving an assurance that they don't actually have. It says right here, the U.S. Mm -hmm. assurances are caveated, uh, vague, and simply ineffective, said the lawyer, calling the suggestions that he would be detained in Australia meaningless, as the country has not said it would accept Assange, so...
Uh, yeah, it's an empty promise. Yeah, all of these are empty promises. Saying that the U.S. prison system is going to take care of him uh, mm. is just laughable on face value to me as an American. Um, that's not an assurance of anything. And then this Australia thing is also not an assurance. So really, uh, and the other assurance they gave was a restrictive, uh, not imposing in, uh, solitary confine, confinement. And then it, in, uh, you know, in parentheses, although I could do so of committing further offenses. <laughs> right. So what are these assurances? <laughs> yeah, no, I recommend everybody that hasn't seen it. World worst. Uh, prisoners on on uh, Netflix. Uh, one episode is in Norwegian jail, and shows how how it's done there. And it's like it it is so contradicted to like American jail and and uh, jails around the world. I'm I'm very proud of of our jail system and and uh to be to be honest i i i think he would have a good time here maybe we should take him i i don't even i i don't think that's even in the the cards but uh <laughs> it says here supporters family members and friends of assange uh gathered outside the court to express their outrage um they said they were concerned he was so thin he was not there to instruct his lawyers or clarify what was going on uh, on in court, uh, the high court hearing is expected to end tomorrow, Thursday, uh, with a decision to come at a later date. So we'll see what happens with that next week, probably. Well, uh, talking about people that should be in jail, uh, Bannon. <laughs> That's the guy that should be in jail, or what? Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't even know what I'd charge him with, but, like, right off the bat, but he does seem like a dude that should probably be in prison. Being a douche. <laughs> I don't think that's a... I don't think that's a, a chargeable offense, but not in this country, at least. But, yeah, uh, Steve Bannon, I've been cited for contempt of Congress. Uh, does this mean that he has to uh, cooperate with uh, the January 6th probe? Well, it says a House Select Committee investigating January 6th attack on U.S. Capitol faces a major test of its powers as the Justice Department considers whether to prosecute Steve Bannon for criminal contempt. Uh, members of the Select Committee have repeatedly warned that there will be serious consequences for anyone who refuses to comply with subpoenas for testimony or, or documents with relevant information about the Capitol storming. Uh... But days after House of Representatives voted to cite Bannon for criminal contempt of Congress for doing just that, it remains unclear what more, if anything, will be done to compel him or anyone else to cooperate. It is now effectively up yeah. to the Justice Department to decide whether the House uh, House's contempt citation uh, oh, to present it before a grand jury. If that happens, Bannon is indicted. He'll face a trial district court and if found guilty up to one year in prison and a maximum fine of a hundred thousand dollars which is that doesn't seem like much uh but prosecutions no. for such cases have historically been rare the last person to be found guilty for this in contempt of congress was a watergate conspirator in 1974 g gordon liddy <clears throat> so <clears throat> i would say the chances of him being uh, prosecuted and actually getting charged with anything is very slim. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, I think he knew. Uh, that's probably why he didn't want to come. Because he knew that uh, the risk of this going through was so low. That, he didn't that and, and testifying could put him in a situation where if he says something wrong, then he can be charged with lying lying to Congress, which is also... Right. So it's like a double whammy. So, And if he does say something that incriminates him when he's testifying, that's a whole other thing. So, like... Mm. He's yeah. He's pulling the Alex Jones defense. Just don't send in any of the documents and take the charge. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah, just don't send any of the documents and just act like it's not happening. And then when they, yeah, you know those three apes you always see a picture of. Yeah, one holding. Oh right. Over their eyes. Yeah. What is it? Uh, hear no evil, see no evil. Right. Yeah. Talk no evil. Why didn't they uh, smell? What does evil not smell? I guess evil doesn't really smell all that much, but there should be four monkeys, probably, is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the rock look. It's like the, the other monkey smells. has his two thumbs just stuck up his nostrils. I mean. <laughs> no, it's the rock because he smells what's cooking. Uh, yeah, uh, talking about uh, people uh, that we should have documents about, JFK! Uh, he's been dead quite a long time. Why uh, don't they want to give us the session files? Apparently, they're saying because of coronavirus. Uh, the White House has announced, <laughs> has announced that a trove of remaining records concerning the assassination of JFK will not be released as planned due to COVID-19. Congress declared in 1992 that all government records surrounding Kennedy's assassination should be eventually disclosed to enable public to become fully informed about the, the history of the surround about the history surrounding the assassination. But part mm -hmm. of the law also says that the release of these records can be postponed. Excuse me, if their public discourse would cause identifiable harm to the military, intelligence, law enforcement, or foreign operations. Okay. Uh, a memo released Friday the White, from the White House and National Archives has concluded that because of COVID-19, it requires additional time to consult with government agencies to determine how much information uh, to be released about the 1963 assassination. Mm. I mean, you can't find JFK's brain, so... <laughs> uh... <laughs> Is that true? I, I don't think that's actually true. Let me look that up. Oh no, JFK's brain is missing. I've heard that, but I always thought that was like an old wives' tale. Is it? I don't know. I think that's actually true. I'm going to look it up, just to see. But uh, Because that's that's like... That's a myth, at least I've I've heard from, from the beginning of like the JFK investigation. One of the reasons why 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 they can't like really show where he was shot was because his brain is missing. I mean, according uh, to this Guardian article from 2013, it is uh, President Kennedy isn't the only famous person to have lost a body part after death. Einstein, Beethoven, and Galileo are among others who lost pieces. Uh, after they rested. So maybe, yeah, when you're so famous, people steal parts of your body and sell them off. That's kind of fucked up. 
Yeah, I'm not sure I would be the black uh, market dealer for JFK's brain, though. <clears throat> I just don't think this whole excuse makes any sense. First of all, right. I'll repeat, Congress, Congress declared in 1992 that the government records were under Kennedy's assassination. And so the, they've been planning this since 1992, and somehow right. one year of COVID, that was way too much for us to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Seems a little convenient to me, alright. Uh, maybe they uh, could blame the new Delta Plus variant of the coronavirus. Oh, I see. 2017, former President Donald Trump pledged to release all the remaining documents of the Kennedy assassination, but in 2018, he reversed course and delayed the release, citing national security concerns. Mm. Um... Yeah, okay, now the White House has asked archivists to draft a plan that will digitize the records to make them uh, available to view online. Well, that's just going to take uh, even longer. Well, whatever, sure. Yeah, mm. Yeah. everything is the coronavirus. Now they can blame the Delta Plus variant as well. Yeah, it'll get to the point where they're ready to release it again, and Delta 26 will be... We had, we had to delay because of Delta 26. Um, uh, what is the Delta Plus variant, though? It is a relative of the Delta variant identified last month by British scientists. Because it isn't a variant, variant of interest or concern, it has not been officially named. Scientists are monitoring the Delta-related variant known as AY4... or point four. Point two to see if it might spread more easily or deadly than previous versions of coronavirus. In recent reports, UK officials said the variant makes up 6% of all analyzed COVID-19 cases in the country. The variant has two mutations in the spike protein which help the coronavirus invade body cells. Uh, these changes have also been seen in other versions of the virus since the pandemic. The Delta variant remains by far the dominant variant in global circulation, though. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's the one that everybody is talking about right now. Uh, and uh, we have had an upspring of cases again, so... Uh, I think it's going down here right now, or at least right now it is. Um, I don't know if that's going to change in the future, but I saw an article today that, like, Florida, for some reason, has like one of the lowest... Uh, hospitalization rates right now which is very strange but you know why i know why because uh, there's only alligators left in florida because everybody died already <laughs> died. everybody died so the only one left is alligators right yeah maybe that's possible alligators and snakes yeah <laughs> uh a lot of people that should be in, in jail and uh, court cases this uh week uh, because judge in Prince Andrew's suit says that a key document can be secret. Of course it can. Uh, right. Uh, we talked about that he was he was arguing that there was some reason, uh, some court hearing that made it so that this was uh, illegal, and we kind of thought that it had to do with the Jeffrey Epstein or. Um, agreement that was made in Florida and possibly that's what he's talking about here and that's maybe why he wants to keep it secret but we're not sure um, but in a 2008 settlement agreement 
that lawyer for Prince Andrew said would be would protect him against claims that he sexually abused an American when she was 17 can remain secret in, in a New York... Oh, a New York judge ruled Wednesday. Uh, the U.S. District Judge made a ruling in a brief order released a day after Andrew's lawyer asked that the document remain sealed when the file's arguments explain why he thinks the judge should throw out the lawsuit. The attorney, Andrew Brettler, said he wanted to include a copy of the agreement with the art arguments. Uh... Brettler, who has called the lawsuit baseless, said neither print, the Prince nor Gouffray contended that the release agreement should, oh, must remain sealed, but they request that it stay secret because it is subject, a uh, subject of a protective order from another judge presiding over a federal civil action in New York. I'm not sure what that means, like what uh, protective order he's talking about. The settle ag agreement was reached between Gouffray and Epstein. Uh... The settlement agreement was reached between Gouffre and Jeffrey Epstein, who was found dead at age 66 in his jail cell, obviously ruled as a suicide. On Wednesday, the judge noted that the estate of Jeffrey Epstein does not contend that the settlement agreement must remain sealed, though. Uh, Kaplan seemed to urge that the parties ask the judge in the other case to agree that the document can be unsealed, saying that uh, the other, other judge might well view with favor an application to permit the public to disclose the settlement agreement. Uh, a hearing for the Prince Andrew lawsuit is scheduled for next week as well. Okay. Mm. You know, I find it extremely weird that they're just throwing away evidence. No, I don't find it weird. I will take that back. That's actually what I would do if I... <laughs> was a judge, and I was bribed. Well, their argument is, as Brettler said, the agreement releases Prince Andrew and others from any purported liability that could arise from claims that Mr. Gouffre mm -hmm. asserted against the prince. So what they're, the judge is covering for that, what if he is found not guilty, This releasing this could uh, make him look uh, ruin his life in other ways other than what the trial is saying um which i mean a little late for that to be honest but if <laughs> like how bad is the stuff in, how bad is the stuff in this agreement that it's going to make him look worse right yeah, yeah, yeah i would yeah. assume that what this is is the same agree the jeffrey epstein agreement that uh was made in florida and the reason that he got off the first time and that mm -hmm. i believe um uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has also tr tried to use that as a reason to let her off because of, if you remember the Cosby case hap uh, happened where he got off because of the same kind of mm -hmm. technicality. She tried to do the same thing, arguing that it was the same as the Cosby case. The judge uh, mm -hmm. sa said that that was not acceptable. Um, and it seems like Prince Andrew is probably using the exact same document, that Jeffrey mm -hmm. Epstein agreement with the Florida judge that covered his... Uh, quote-unquote associates um but he doesn't want people to see that that's what's happening that he's trying to do the same thing that she did uh i just think it's weird if that is the case because the other judge already said that that's a no-go so do you know what website i am on look no i'm on truth 
Truth Social is America's big tent social media company platform that, that encourages open, free, and honest global conversation with discrimination against uh, political ideology. Hmm. Who has made this website, I wonder? Nine months after being expelled from social media for his role in the Capital Six uh, insurrection, former President Donald Trump said Wednesday, last Wednesday, he's launching a new media company with his own social media platform. Trump says his goal is to launch Trump Media and Technology Group, uh, which includes its Truth, Truth Social app. Uh, mm-hmm. This is to create a rival to big tech tech companies that have shut him out and denied him a megaphone that was paramount to his national rise uh, to become president. Conservative voices actually do well on traditional social media. On Wednesday, half of Facebook's 10 performing link posts were from conservative media. Commentators or politicians, according to the daily list compiled by the New York Times, uh, Trump has spoken about launching his own social media site ever since he was barred from Twitter and Facebook. An earlier effort to launch a blog on his own existing website was abandoned after the page drew very few views. Okay. Yeah, so uh, the only reason why I can't be a member, of course, is because it's only on the Apple App Store. <laughs> and I have an Android phone, so too bad. I can't. Oh, I, I'm so sad. Luke. It's only an app. You can't. It's, there's no, like, web no. web version of it. It's just no. app version. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Uh, that so. seems like a money grab probably they got advertisements just plastered all over the whole thing so it's all just like instantly gonna make them a whole bunch of money that's my guess uh they don't even really need people to go there to do to make money that way you know it's uh going to be crazy i i i have a i have a strange feeling it will be up for approximately two three months Uh, it says that Truth Social's itself. <laughs> Truth Social's terms of service, meanwhile, bar users from annoying any of the site's employees and from statements that disparage, mm-hmm. tarnish, or otherwise harm, in our opinions, the site. It was not a, immediately cl- clear who the us is in that statement. <laughs> so if I wrote, uh, Trump is a scrotum horse on that uh, website, it could be that I was banned. Uh, possible. I it it I I think well at least to me it's kind of talking more about the site itself. So if you were like, man, this site is totally fucked up. The like I can't scroll right or like I keep getting sent mm. back to the same uh, post or something. Like uh, something's wrong with your app. That kind of thing. Uh, they could kick you off for having an opinion about the app itself. Um, yeah, disparage, Seems tarnish, fair. or otherwise yeah. harm. Uh, yeah, that seems fair. It's also supposed to be like a free speech <laughs> app, like it's right. American free speech, and that's what it's all but, like but selling itself it, on. Yeah, but, but don't, don't say, say anything bad that. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how free speech works, right? I'm pretty sure. Free speech, as long as you don't speak about us. Yeah, as long as you don't make any jokes about me. Free speech. <laughs> uh, of course, I don't know if you saw this, but people 
totally hacked this website like what an yes. hour after it went live or something like literally yeah, right I away it was uh, <laughs> the, the whole thing was posted with all, go ahead sorry yeah, post, people posted a horse poo. <laughs> right, yeah, there were, they just started uh, posting up uh, fake accounts of Donald Trump and yeah. Mike Pence and stuff, and yeah. Uh, but I guess it's in beta version still, and they're going like, to yeah. release like the full version or whatever, but they're also, there's some kind of lawsuits happening because apparently they used all this um, free... free uh, coding that is like free source you know it's free source yeah. on online but you're not allowed to use it to like make money but people looked right. into this and the free source software that they're using they're using to make money so the people who own the free source are <laughs> like not happy about that obviously yeah uh, it's just a disaster waiting for it to fail right they're gonna have to uh, redo the entire app obviously yeah, or at least change yeah. the parts that are using that free free source uh material whatever yeah, and, however and much of it how long that does is. That, that take yeah well yeah, like i said it is a beta version so they they're it's going to be constantly making changes and everything <laughs> but uh that's one of the reasons people were able to hack it so quickly is because they were using stuff that's like you know, mm -hmm. free soft software that people know how to hack it already. Right. So, um, seems like this whole thing was thrown together fairly quickly and not really thought out that well, but <laughs> yeah. Someone uh, that also didn't think things through all too well is Brian Laundry. Uh, he's probably dead. Well, he is dead. He is dead. Right. Uh, partial remains found by authorities searching for, Brian Laundrie were confirmed uh, after a review of his dental records. The remains were found in Florida's Carlton Reserve on Wednesday after more than a month of searching. Uh, he was declared a person of interest in Gabby Petito's disappearance before her body was found in Wyoming. The FBI field office in Denver announced that the remains were positively identified Thursday. A spokesman for Northport Police told NBC News earlier that the remains were skeletal. How does, I guess if, um, animals, I guess? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, he hasn't been out there long enough for, like, the, for it just to, like, disintegrate. Um, the FBI found the remains alongside personal items, such as a backpack, a notebook. Uh, these items were found in an area that up till, up until recently had been underwater, said a special agent for the FBI Tampa office. Uh, this is the interesting part. Laundry's parents helped the FBI and Northport Police uh, le be led to the Creek um, Makatachi Creek Environmental Park, according to Stephen Borelato, an attorney for the family. Um, my understanding was it either opened to the public Tuesday or Wednesday, and Chris and Roberta decided that since it was open, they wanted to go and look for Brian themselves. After speaking with me, they told, I told him that I wanted to notify law enforcement before that so we didn't have any issues. Um, though the area had been searched extensively, the attorney said that it had been underwater and the evidence was only found because the water had been, had receded. Okay. So a lot of interesting yeah. thing here that people are pointing out is the 
parents had refused completely to ever speak to the police. It was like very weird why they didn't want to speak to the police about any anything. Yeah, um, I saw that. And then literally the day they decide to speak to the police, uh, the parents themselves them. lead yeah. them directly to the body. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was like the parents were like, we basically it seems like the parents were like, seems like they knew where he was. Where he was, yeah, yeah. Allegedly, yeah, no, that's that, that's that's what I read online as well. Uh, people were uh, mildly pissed uh, to say it that way. Just it also does like how would they know he was there? When did yeah. they know? If they did know he was there, when did they know? Uh, yeah, why would they know exact? Like unless he called them or something. There's just it's very weird and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, mm. Yeah, he was a person no, in, no, a person of interest in the case for Gabby, of Gabby Petito, but was not charged with her death. Uh, he had been missing since mid-September. Okay. But we all know that it was him <laughs> that did it. I I don't, we don't... That's just the weird part, is we don't, but, like, it's very likely now. It's very plausible. <clears throat> I think a lot of people are pointing out, like, this, for her family, it's... You know, they're not. If he was alive and they were able, to, he was able to go to trial and they were able to go through yeah. all that, and then he was charged, and that that could be like some uh, relief or like closure closure yeah. for the family. And this yeah is not as much. Like I I've personally been in a situation like that, and it is it's hard. Like you know who did it and everything, and you're like, there's you can't get any uh re recourse against that person because they're they're dead so what are you gonna do yeah yeah no uh talking about uh marriage um man under house arrest asked to be moved to prison to avoid his wife wow this is the most boomer thing ever sounding but <laughs> it does but a man under house arrest reportedly asked police to take him to prison so he could avoid being around his wife. A 30-year-old took himself to a police station in Italy uh, at the weekend to make the appeal. He told officers he could no longer stand house arrest with his wife, according to Italian media. The Albanian man said he that this is what he decided to leave the house and ask police if he could spend the rest of his sentence behind bars. <laughs> According to the Italian media, the man got what he was looking for and has since been transferred to prison. Uh, he was detained straight away at the police station as he had broken the terms of his house arrest simply by going there. Uh, he had spent several <laughs> months... police? <laughs> I, I mean, house arrest, if you got one of those ankle things, it's like there's a yeah. circle. You're not allowed to go out of that circle, and that that's uh, breaking your parole or whatever. Uh, Can I find that a little funny that he broke parole by going to the police? Like, I think he did it on purpose because he wanted to go to jail. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, he spent several months under house arrest for drug crimes before going to the station in Rome on Saturday night. Uh he lived at home with his wife and family, and it just wasn't going well anymore. The police told the agency. <laughs> he has a few no, years left really? in his sent. He has a few years left in his sentence to serve. By the way, 
I could not guess that uh, it didn't go well at home. <laughs> I'm so, so surprised by that. I know, right? Like, well, it must have been going really bad, though. Like, how how bad could it... I'm, I, the other question I kind of want to know is, like, has this guy been in prison previously so he knows what it's like or was he just like fuck it like i don't even i don't even care anymore you know what i'm saying like because if he'd been in prison and he knows what he's getting himself into yeah it's one thing yeah. but if not then it's like so much crazier uh there was a movie i want to say it was a british movie from like the i watched it when i was really young it's called the horse's mouth did you ever see that mm. from like no. the 60s i want to say and it was about no. a guy an artist who uh, he hated being out in the regular world. It, he thought it was just annoying and that he had to take care of himself all the time. So he continuously just tried to break the law so he could be thrown, thrown in prison over and over again. That was the, what the movie was about, actually. Let's see. 1958 film uh, directed by Ronald Neem. Yeah. Mm. That's what that whole movie was about, is this guy just hates living in society and having to, like, take care of himself. And he's like, when I'm in jail, they feed me, they tell me when to go to bed, I don't have to do anything. Mm. He's like, I love prison. <laughs> so, he like, every time he'd get released, he would just, like, throw a brick through a window. That was, like, the whole movie. It's a kind of interesting movie. I'd recommend it. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure I trust your movie taste after this week. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk about that a little later. Have you ever been on the toilet on a plane? Oh, uh, yeah, a few times. Me too. It's not uh, comfortable, and it always smells weird. I think it's that blue shit in the t toilet. Yeah, the blue shit in the toilet. I have no clue what it is. Uh, I don't think they know either, to be honest. Uh, yeah, a plane drops sewage on a Windsor man in his garden. This must be the most unlucky man in the universe. A man was enjoying sun in his backyard in Windsor, south of England, when a passing plane dropped toilet waste over him and his garden furniture, a local council said during a recent me meeting. The unfortunate incident in which the plane discharged sewage took place in July, according uh, to the minutes of the Royal Boar of Windsor. His whole garden was splattered in a very unpleasant way, uh, said the council... Uh, during an October 14th meeting, he was out in his garden at the time, and it was really a horrible, horrible experience. The whole garden, garden umbrellas, oh, wow. and him were covered in poop. Uh, it was absolutely dreadful. Davy said there were several incidents every year with frozen sewage dropping along flight routes. Uh, Windsor is on a flight path to Lond London's Heathrow Airport, which is eight miles from the historic town. Uh... Davies said that the raw sewage landing in someone's backyard is much rarer. Another council suggested that the summer's warmer weather might have contributed to it. Okay. Why does the weather have anything to do with it? Well, it's usually frozen, apparently. It says in June, the Sun reported that Portsmouth and South England locals were terrified after frozen poo fell from the sky. So maybe because it was warmer outside in July that the it wasn't frozen anymore. Uh, I think frozen might be worse to land on you because I'm pretty sure that would kill you and not just get you covered in poop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Remember Grandma Phyllis? She was killed by poo. 
Mm-hmm. You know, this is such a weird thing, though. Do you think this would ever happen? Why this did this happen? Why didn't the airplane company know they did this? Uh, it says that modern toilets on planes are vacuum secured and normally reliable as they rely on pressure suction to work. So this unfortunate situation must have resulted from aircraft failure or failure to adequately service uh, the plane. Okay. So it was a okay. mistake, according to them. I guess that's okay, Don. <laughs> According to the Maidhead advisor, the Windsor resident was unable to claim claim any insurance from the ordeal as the cost of the damage was relatively low. Okay. I don't know, though. If you got, like, sick or something from it, that could be a whole other thing. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's where I would go with it. I, I would say, hey, you put poo on me pay me <laughs> like the airline company yeah I, I he was trying to go through insurance like probably homeowners insurance or something like that yeah um but like actually getting money from the whatever comp whatever plane this was whatever kind of plane this was getting it from that company i guess mm. uh is the uh, facebook evil look uh, according to everything we're seeing lately, Facebook is evil. Um, that's what we're hearing. A lot. At least in America, I'm hearing a whole lot of that. I don't know about you in Norway. Oh, I've uh, heard a lot of about it. Uh, and uh, actually, there was uh, somebody that asked the whistleblower of Facebook, uh, Francis Hugh Haugen, about this. Uh, so let's hear about this. This is from... The British Parliament in three, two, one, play. But what your evidence has shown to us is that Facebook is is failing to prevent harm to children. It's failing to prevent the spread of disinformation. It's failing to present hate speak. It does have the power uh, to deal with these issues. It's just choosing not to, which makes me wonder whether Facebook is just fundamentally evil. Is, is Facebook evil? <laughs> I cannot see into the hearts of men. And I, I think there is a real thing of um, people, good people, and Facebook is overwhelmingly full of conscientious, kind, empathetic people. You have to good people, Good people who are embedded in systems with bad incentives are led to bad actions. And there is a real pattern of people who are willing to look the other way are promoted more than people who raise alarms. We know where that leads yes. in history, yeah. don't we? So could we compromise? Yeah, the US police force. Oh, uh, we're not talking about that. Um, <laughs> but, but the way that some of the outcomes of Facebook's behavior is evil. I think it's negligent. Malevolent? Uh, malevolent and Maleficent? And I cannot see into the heart of <laughs> But I do believe there is a pattern of inadequacy that Facebook is unwilling to acknowledge its own power. It believes in a world of flatness, which hides the difference. Like children are not adults, right? Uh, they they wow. believe in flatness, and they won't accept the consequences of their actions. And so I think that is negligence, and it is um, uh, uh, ignorance. But I, 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 can, I, can't see, I can't see into their hearts, and so I don't want to consider it malevolent. Well, I respect your... Yeah. 
Um, you desire, obviously, to answer the question in your own way, but given the evidence that you've given us, um, I, I, I think uh, a reasonable person running Facebook, seeing the consequences of the company's behaviour, uh, would, I imagine, have to conclude uh, that what they were doing, the way their company was performing, and the outcomes were malevolent and would want to do something about it. I would certainly hope so. That's a good, yeah. I think that clip says more about Facebook than a lot of other things. I don't really know what that said. Because Facebook is not like a, a person. They're talking about, is Facebook evil? But Facebook is not like, a, it's a company. It's a lot of different people. So to say, I think the way she answered it, she's like, there's good people that are led to do bad things. Uh, he, I, if you were to phrase the question, is Mark Zuckerberg evil? Uh, mm. That could be one thing. But to say Facebook is evil, Facebook is not a physical thing, right? Mm. So I, I don't think you can call... I, it, it, how do you call Facebook evil? It's a, not an inherent... It's not a physical being. It's, it doesn't have a conscience, right? So it can't be evil. So in that way, Facebook itself, it, I don't think, can even be defined as evil because it's not a it's not like a conscious being it's a it just exists as like ones and zeros I, you know what i'm saying mm. the people are that are running it then what about that are they responsible but that's what i'm saying it's a huge company it's a giant massive mm. company all around the world like uh to, you could you have to like you'd have to go to each individual person is this person evil is this person evil is this person evil like you can't just mm. bla blatantly uh, put a blanket statement out and say facebook is inherent like every person that works at facebook then is just dr evil like there's the whole company is walking around like wanting millions a million dollars or something that's yeah. not how like <laughs> right it's yeah. to me it's it's putting a blanket statement out there to get a soundbite to be like oh this is evil um i don't know that it, facebook is in inherently evil i think uh things that happen on the internet can be evil uh that's true and facebook's on the internet i don't know what do you think about it i mean i I'm I'm not a part of Facebook, so for me it's kind of like hard to to say something about because I don't know what I have done the last years. But when I was there, one of the reasons why I left was it 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 turned me into someone else, and I didn't like the person I was when I was on Facebook. So is the system evil? Yes. Is the app itself evil? I I don't think so. Personal. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, if you, like, let's put this in, like, a, a box, kind of. If you were to put yourself onto Facebook, not friend a single person, and just, you're on the app, and you, you're getting just random posts that, like, you don't have any friends, so you're not getting any friend posts, you're just getting recommended posts from Facebook, um... Like, the software itself, what it starts recommending to you as you, like, like things or view things or whatever, 
uh, how the algorithm works. Is the algorithm e evil, set up to be evil? Possibly. Uh, mm. But it, did the person who make it, in like, were they sitting down and coding and going, man, this is evil. I am, look at this evil coding I'm doing. <laughs> tap, 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 evil. Yeah. Let me pet my black cat as I code this app. <laughs> right? Like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. I just think yeah, there's no. a bit of a stretch, and I think a lot of some of the Facebook social media hate in general comes from this idea that, like, things that have come out of social media platforms have been anti-establishment, and I think a lot of these establishment forces see things like Black Lives Matter, which came out of Facebook, the women's uh, uh, movement, uh, you know, came out all the different women movements that have started out of Facebook uh, there's different uh, social changes that have happened out of social media platforms that the government mm. is not super happy with uh, and I see that as more of a reason why they attack different social medias than that they're inherently evil or <clears throat> we have to save the kids like the we have to save the kids argument has been such an you know, it's been an argument for my entire life. It, it, to save the kids, we had to also get rid of Twisted Sister records, remember? So, like, save yeah. the kids, whatever. I, I don't view this as, like, Facebook is inherently trying to uh, hurt people, uh, but that it, it, it may do that. Like, all social media is not... Everybody knows social media is not good in, like... Uh, using it just constantly uh, I think in moderation anything can be acceptable it's just like food or certain drugs or anything else you know what I mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah no I, I I don't know what I, I think about it for me for me it was an addiction thing I I can't be a part of it so right for me, for me it's hard to say anything about it hey it's a personal thing and that's why i think this yeah. blank blanket statement of it's evil is just not it's just a soundbite it's not there's no truth to it in actuality Whew. uh what is uh, Trollen going to tell uh, the truth of uh he's gonna f say that we can choose a third way this is Tron, but Tron tells the truth we always get warned by how far left is dangerous to go we have to have capitalism, because capitalism will make us free. We will not be like the old regimes in the Eastern Europe or North Korea, so on and so on and so on. But mustn't there be more alternatives than two? Really? No more alternatives than two? There are more tons of different religions, tons of different philosophy and everything. But you come to politics, it's only two directions. Slavery in communism or slavery to the right. Well, do you really feel free when you have to work, work, work? It's like that my mother had three jobs. We have two, so many jobs so we can work more and more and more, consume more and more and more. But I'm really happy. During the pandemic, I found out the only things that make the workload I got didn't make me happy at all. Don't make me worrying that I didn't have much money to. I could. But, again, I never used to consume that much. So, 
I don't give a fuck if his neighbor have better things than I, bigger things than I, because I'm sort of happy with the things I got. What I did miss during the pandemic was my family, my friends, go and take a cup of coffee. We always think we had to consume more and more and work more and more for what? Would you get a reward in the end? We don't like, when you work to a goal, you get to a goal and then you relax and take pride in it. But not with this kind of capitalism. You should work till you fucking die. Sometimes you die before you get old too. So you never get used to that pension. What about just being young and crazy? Fuck, drink and so on. Oh, we can't have that. We can't have that because it's on responsibility. No, should, no people should pay for your shit and your fun. But a lot of people are paying for it. people on top's fun today. We work more and more and get less and less. We borrow more and more. Yes, we borrow. So you're not independent. You, just, you have a fucking little shitload of loan. What makes loans like you do? It makes you dependent on somebody else. It makes you a fucking slave. Is this better than being a slave on the right, left? I don't like... What about us? We don't like any of those systems. What about happened with moral issues like being moderate? Because nobody's moderate anymore. If you don't have the biggest, the fastest, the most expensive, and what so on, you don't live up to the capitalist ideal. People on the right are always talking about individual issues and individual freedom, but you don't like people who have other types of definition of freedoms and live according to them. They didn't like hippies. Hippies never threatened them politically, but they don't like people living outside the society as long and not follow their rules. Everyone is a communist. If you buy for, for freedom of speech, or if you fight for less poverty, if you fight against nuclear arms, and so on, and so on, and so on. You can just use the word communist and you get away with everything. But some issues have to the left too. If you don't go into their clique or elite club on the left too, you're the same. It's all about consume more and more. The right want the private sector to do it, and sometimes the left just want everybody to use to do it with the help of the state. Nothing is a good alternative. We have to use less. We have to be happy with less. I am happy with less. I'm a strange guy. I'm a communist, not at all. I just had other values. I use my individual freedom to not consume a lot not work myself to death. I want to enjoy life while I'm living. Is something wrong with that? Should everybody else do that? It's not like we don't have any millionaires and billionaires and so on. We have nearly trillionaires right now. They can save the world and it doesn't do it. I talked about this before. What if you just stop, just start doing what I told you before to do? Just work less. Don't give a fuck about what the people on top. If they want something, well, pay more and bad, bad opportunities to everybody. Or they can just go fuck themselves. We don't need a politi political change in this, on the top to live our life differently. We can do it right here and now. And nobody can force us because that's our eventual freedom. This was Tron, Tron tells the truth. 
That was uh, Tron telling the truth. Uh, okay. Hey, look. Uh, guess what? I woke up to Monday. What? A new app. Uh, or oh, that was your stomach saying hello. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I don't have HBO Nordic anymore. I thought you said you got a new channel. You're, now you're saying you don't have a channel. Yes, I have HBO Max. HBO Max has come to Norway. Mm. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So that is uh, interesting. It is a shitty app that uh, I already hate. Yeah, I did a 30-day trial of it, and I also hated it and got rid of it. You can't, like, search anything. It doesn't really have segments for anything. It's all just kind of tossed onto one page. It's really not great. It is atrocious. Uh, I'm very happy I don't pay for it. Oh, that's nice, I guess. <laughs> then it's whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so, I have seen a lot of new shows. Uh, I'm not sure I can call it new, because it's actually not new for everybody but me. But I saw Guy's Grocery Games for the first time in my entire life this week. I've heard of that. I, I don't remember if I've seen an episode or not. I have never seen a single episode, so at least I downloaded the first season, mm -hmm. and I downloaded season 27, because it's se 20, they are on season 27 now. So, this is Guy Fieri. I, I have absolutely no relationship to the, this guy. I know him from jokes about like how bad his food is. But before this, I don't think I've seen him in anything. I mean, he's got he's had many shows on like the Food Network. Uh, okay, Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. I think was like his first show, and then he had he's Never had a few him. other ones like reality ones and things like that. But yeah. he's like he's one of their bigger personalities, I guess. He just I think he's mostly. Most of the time when you see memes about him, it's about his hair and his mustache. Because yeah. he has, like, blonde hair, but a bright black, like, hard black mustache. mustache. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, no, uh, and I downloaded the first on the 27th season to see, like, is there a big difference? Some difference have, have gone through those 27 seasons. In the first season, they have to cook three meals. In the last season, they just have to cook two. In the first season, they mostly focus on on people that we don't know. In tw season twenty seven, it's like people that has been there before and judges and like things like that. So, but yeah, uh, it's uh, people have to go in his fake grocery games making food. That is the whole thing. Uh, it's not. It's not bad. It is not as bad as I thought it would be. So I'm going to give it a six. It's only been on since 2013. So that's like three seasons a year. A little... Right? Is that right? <laughs> yes. They do three yeah, seasons so... a year of the show. Okay, sure. Right. Um, yeah. It must be fairly easy to film then. You know what I mean? They're just busting oh, these yeah, things out like left and right. Yeah. 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 Uh... Let's see, where should I start? I guess I'll start with, uh, Queens? Did you see Queens? I did see Queens. This is like the first thing I saw this week, I guess, so. Uh, okay. did you like 
Girls 5 Eva. I did. Did you want to see it but not entertaining? No. Watch Queens. <laughs> that is true. That's yeah. That should be their tagline. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it's, I mean, it's about... I guess I'll go into it. It's about a 90s girl group... Girl rap group who... Uh, female rap. I guess you're not supposed to say that. Woman, women who rap uh, in the '90s. Uh, <clears throat> it's a f- what a uh, four a group of four, and they grow. Mm-hmm. They've grown up. This is very. It's the same. If you've seen Girls Five ever, it's they've grown up, and now they want to go back and relive their career as uh, rappers. And uh, what they meet up with a young. Rap, what Insta- Instagram rapper, SoundCloud rapper, or something, and they all go on tour. I guess at the end of this episode, I don't know. From this one episode, I was like, okay, the show's over, right? Like they did, they did the whole show in one episode. What's the, <laughs> what's the rest of this show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I watched this and I. I went to myself like, what am I watching? Like, it it is absolutely nothing. No, nothing. It gives me nothing. Uh, uh, the acting is bad. The script is bad. The everything. It, like, it, it is. It felt like you said, uh, uh, like a ripoff of Girls Forever, just a bad version of it. Well, it's like it's, Girls Five Eva is a comedy that's very entertaining, and it's got a lot yes. of really good jokes and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. wacky uh, slapstick humor happening and stuff. So it's very entertaining. It, I wouldn't say it's the greatest show of all time, but at least it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is basically the same concept of a show, except as a drama, uh, and. None of these actors are actually... Well, I mean, Brandy, let's be honest, she's never been a great actress. I mean, she's fine. She had her own How sitcom, but she never has been a great <laughs> actress, all right? Um, and Eve, who is actually a rapper in the 90s, like, was is the only one who's actually kind of fits this role because she, act, she actually lived it in real life. Um, she's also not really... I, I mean, she's a... She's not a traditional actress either. The they the mm-hmm. acting really falls apart in this because of like the I guess the lack of skill, but uh mm. that's really where the problem is and then the fact that maybe the, if we hadn't have seen Girls Five Eva and could connect it back so just like directly to that, it's mm-hmm. um it would be a little better, but because of that it makes me go not necessarily that it's a rip off, but that like they wanted to do the same idea. They just didn't want it to be a comedy. So they were like, we'll make right. it all serious. Um, and it's just hard to take it seriously, to be honest. Mm. Uh, Luke, do you know who Don Whirl is? No. Well, he's a power of attorney. He's a attorney in some somewhere. That's uh, because I saw power of attorney Don Whirly. Uh, I had to Google him because here's the thing. I, I, I love crime shows and I definitely love reality crime shows. Okay. 
And when I and uh, when I got into this, I was very intrigued because it's it's uh, taking uh, through different cases through a mock tri trial in Houston, Texas, and uh, they hate civil attorneys there, and uh, they very believe in like personal responsibility and things like that. So it's very, like very compelling. But when I started the first episode, it said. And none of the cases uh, protected here are real. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's a reality show about a, a real lawyer with a real law firm prosecuting fake trials? I think there'd probably be a lot of legal problems with, like, filming, uh, like... Filming trials that are currently happening, don't you? But it's it's like it's ev behind the scenes evident. Well, no reality shows are real. <laughs> but it's like it's just none, none, none of the cases in this series is real. Like, why would I watch this? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's like absolutely no nonsense. Like, I watched this and I was like. Uh, for example, in the first episode, there's this story about this guy going to trial, and we're su supposed to feel like uh, feelings about him, but the problem is, he's there's there's a, it, it isn't it isn't true. It's like it's based on shit. It's it's not a, a, a real trial, and this guy is a real attorney. I'm so confused. Uh, but yeah, I give this uh, uh, zero, zero out of ten. My that's my guess is they probably had the idea. Oh, we're gonna make this guy my maybe he's entertaining or whatever. So they're like, we'll make a show oh, with him. He is. And then they went through and like maybe filmed a bunch of stuff of him doing his actual job, and they realized, wait, there's all these laws against like releasing information <laughs> about clients, like about because I'm a lawyer and I'm releasing like information mm -hmm. about my client's personal information or whatever this and that. Uh, that. I think there'd be a lot of legal problems with making that a TV show, and so they were like, we'll just do fake trials. And it makes sense in a way to me, but at the same time, uh, why not? Why call it a reality show at that point? Why not just call it a t right. like a fiction and, and TV it fits, show? It, it fits together with something else I saw this week, and so let's let's take that this with uh, because I've seen a little more than you. Uh, I saw also Lu Luciana Law. And it follows the men and women of the U.S. Department of Wildlife and Fishery when they patrol the state of United States. Oh, it is so fun. It's like uh, it is uh, people that really, really want to be policemen. But can't be it because they are going to fetch animals. So they're like, they, for example, uh, are going to get a, a stork that has some problems with one of his wings. And it's like, and they go to the radar's like, hello, do you see the stork? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is very, very fun. I give it a three out of ten. Uh, I saw Clash of the Cover Bands. Which I think did you see this yeah. last week or did you recommend it to me on like no, Monday or something? I recommended it to you, yeah. Right, okay. I'm not sure I recommended it just to be You said fair. it was on. Right. 
<laughs> I said it you was mentioned on to me that it was a television yes. show that currently was on <laughs> yes. on yes. the television, right? Yes, because I definitely d- didn't recommend you this because it's pretty bad. Uh, it's got a Adam Lambert, I guess, and Megan Trainer are kind of the two mm-hmm. main judges, and then there's somebody else named Esther Dean who I've literally never heard of. Never heard of. Um, she's an American singer, songwriter, and actress. Uh, with numerous top ten hits, including number one hits for Rihanna and Katy Perry. Oh, she, she writes songs for other people. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. And then it had a host, some guy named Twitch. Never heard of him either. I don't know why they needed a host in the show. Did that? This is this is one of my biggest problems with this show as uh, as well. He's awful. That's that's one of the. What's his my purpose? Like, but he has absolutely no purpose. Like, there are other shows like this that they, I guess most of them do have hosts, don't they? But, like, Mm. maybe it's just he doesn't really do a lot, but it seems like they don't really need him. Uh, Number one, because I would say a third of the show isn't even in the studio with him. It's like they're Mm -hmm. doing this segment where, well, describe it, there's cover bands. The two cover bands go against each other in a competition, but at the very beginning they each do a song, and then the judges tell them how they can improve, and they go do what? What do we call this thing? Where they go meet up with like a custom prof- change, yeah, professional like makeover, professional help. yeah, and yeah. then but uh, vocal help and uh, stage presence help and all these other things, which mm-hmm. I was like. This is I, that was the least interesting part to me as well, and it's like a third of the show. So boring. Um. Because all it was was, like, the person who's, like, the professional being like, look how professional I am, and the other people Mm. being like, oh, I understand. Yes, that's exactly what I should do. At no point was Mm. there any drama where, like, the lead singer was a prima donna and was like, "Uh, I actually do it the way I like it to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that Mm. would make the show maybe interesting, add a little drama to it, but that at least didn't happen in this episode. Um, Can I also say that one of my biggest problems is that their first song is the best one in both of the episodes I saw. Okay. Because I'm two episodes and I'm, I'm out. I, th- I think the first performance is better than the second performance. And the second performance is clips of them doing a whole game. That was, yeah. The last thing is like they. The first one, they do the whole song all the way through. And the yeah. ending, they do like all these different songs, but you only yeah. get to see what? 25 seconds 20 of seconds each one. Of, oh, yeah. yeah. It's and not even 30 second clip. Zero cents. Uh, well, to fit it all in, because apparently they wanted to do all a whole bunch of songs at the end. Um, I don't know. It's it, The whole cover band thing is also, we didn't really mention how <laughs> strange it is for a band to be so obsessed yeah. with an like, actual yeah. band that they... Yeah. I mean, I understand. I actually went to like a cover band festival where all all it was was it was a whole weekend of just cover bands i was work i worked it one summer a few years ago uh, mm. and it's kind of fun actually i mean like it's songs you've heard a hundred times um and they're done by people who look very similar to the actual band but they're not the actual band uh and some of them were good some of them were bad in this case I don't know. I think most of these cover bands were fairly good as far as, like... I guess that's oh, yeah. how they got on the show, but... Uh, I don't... I don't understand some of the judging criteria here. They just no. kind of go, you win. They don't, like, tell you really why they won or anything. There's no, like... Yeah. 
you know, there's no you like. You look really like Bono. <laughs> there's no buzzer or like button where they all the judges like yeah. pick. It's just like all of a sudden they won, right? Uh, and why Megan Trainer? She had one song, right? She's like a total yep. one-hit yep. wonder, and now she's the yep. judging people on their singing and be, like sometimes. Uh, sure, I, I, she's successful, so sh good for her. Yeah, but uh, what did you give this show? Uh, I'll give it a what a two point five, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm I'm at a two. I really hated this. I don't think I don't think it uh, could have gotten worse for me. The singing parts and then the whole back or uh, them getting like fixed up by the people. All of that was terrible. Mm. Like the only redeeming part of this is them getting like told told what to do by the judges, but there's no real Simon mm. Cowell to, like, be entertaining where he's like, I'm sorry, that was shit. You know what I mean? Like, they also don't right. have that in this. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the TV show that had no right being as good at, uh, as it is. Uh, Invasion on uh, Apple Plus. So, I looked at the trailer... The trailer looks like the most generic science fiction uh, show in the entire in my entire life. Okay. This is not generic at all. This is really, 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 really good. This is on the level of the leftovers. Uh, good. And it has absolutely no right being being that good. Uh, the acting is amazing. Uh, the filming is amazing. Uh, I do think uh, that the plot is kind of thin, uh, but uh, I I like this so much better than I was thinking. I I was going to to do. Uh, I watched three first uh, uh, episodes of this, and I'm going to give it a 9.5, actually. Okay. And I have no clue if this is going to be continue to be good, as good as it is, but it, it really, really surprised me. I watched a Hulu show that came out this week uh, called The Next Thing You Eat. Um, okay. I would recommend the show to you, Fro. The first episode was the most entertaining. The second episode was was not as intriguing to me, but it still made me want to see more. I thought it was getting into like a cooking show, right? Because it's at the next thing you eat. It sounds like you're getting into a mm. cooking show, but this is like a documentary about documentary style show about food. So the first episode specifically talks about the automation of the food industry, like delivery robots. Uh, robots that can cook hamburgers or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and what's going to happen to, like, chefs and delivery drivers and all that stuff. So it's about, like, more than just the food. It's about what how your food is made. The second episode is about just about hamburgers, but it talks a lot about, like, industrial cow farming and how it's hurting... Uh, how we're tearing down the rainforest in, in like in Brazil just to put in cow fields to like basically uh, give McDonald's hamburgers basically was is what it is um, mm. and how that's not great for the environment and then it goes into like 
the different new, you know, fake meats that are coming out, like the plant-based meat substitutes and things like that. So it's more about like uh, where your food comes from and wh- how your food is produced and stuff like that more than it is like a cooking show, right? But then cool. they do eat in it also. Like they he meets with chefs and they do – like in one uh, – you remember the Cho show? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, at the very end of episode one, J- David Cho is in this eating pizza with him and a, la- a, a chef kind of going, oh, look, robots couldn't ever make up a pizza like this. Like, that only can be done in the m- brain of a person kind of thing. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd recommend this to you. I give this a, I'll give it a, an 8, 7.5, 8. I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. A spreadsheet. Uh, this is a per month plus uh, comedy from Australia. It is about Lauren, that is this uh, very hectic uh, mother of two that is looking for sex without uh, like any commitment and things like that. Okay. And uh, she takes her best friend Alex, and she develops this like spreadsheet. So that's like a database of like sex options uh, to ensure the uh, different people and yeah, uh, also like to keep the chaos of, of her life very down. And yeah, she finds uh, very, very many needy men. And yeah, it is very, very funny. I laughed. Uh, very much of it. Uh, I have never seen uh, Catherine Parkson in in a show like this. I really like her. She's a very good uh, actress. Uh, I will give this uh, an 8. Yeah, an 8. I watched a Peacock show, The Girl in the Woods. Mm -hmm. Did you check this out? Yeah, I did. I think it's probably the best thing I saw this week. Uh, it's about a, really good. a girl in the woods. It's about a cult, but it's also like a monster. It's a cult show, but also a monster show. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in the first episode, this girl escapes a cult because we find out she's gay. And apparently this cult does not like gay people because they, what, you cane her. Uh, we find out in the first episode. Uh, I think there's only two episodes out right now. Um, the whole season is out. Oh, is it? Okay, I didn't even. No, I just least. saw two episodes. Apparently, I didn't go. Okay. I don't have. I just went on the Peacock app, and I don't actually have it. So, oh, okay. The, but you can watch two free episodes at least. Um, mm. she escapes from her like cult uh, because they don't. Obviously, she's getting beaten. Uh, she gets to this town, and she's being tracked down by this guy from the cult. Uh, but she meets up with this young young girl, and she takes her in. I don't know where to go from there, really, but it's very interesting, and we find out something about the girl uh, at the end of episode one, and uh, <laughs> the show looks like it could, could be very, very good. Uh, yeah, I really am surprised that I... This is another show where I, I looked into it, and, I, and it looked kind of like... Eh. This doesn't really look uh, like anything for me. Uh, but yeah, I was super surprised how much I liked this. Yeah, I give it an 8. I give it an 8 as well. Cool. Uh, so you didn't see Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot? 
Oh no, is it out? It is out. Uh, it is a reboot of the uh, classic Nickelodeon adventure show. Uh, I, I will give it a 1 out of 10 and not really uh, say anything else. But uh, yeah, you have to watch it, of course. Look. I think I saw the... Th- the it, I think there was a banner on my TV for it. And I thought it was a promotion for like... Didn't they make a movie? Legend of the Hidden Temple movie? Did they? I think they did. I thought that's what it was. Hmm, weird. Okay. Uh, I saw Back to the Rafters... Just because it was on Prime, and it was like, new show, Back to the Rafters, and I didn't realize when I started watching it that this is a sequel to another show called Pack to the Rafters that was made in, like, 2000... Or, or, it was made, for, I think, 2008 or something? And so I, I start getting into this, them. and I'm like... <laughs> oh, it's an Australian show, I should mention, by the oh, way, so... Okay. Uh, but the second... Or the... Secondary season is on Prime, so I start watching it because it's like brand new show, uh, and then I, it starts like talking about all these things that had happened in the previous show, which was on mm-hmm. whatever uh, eight years ago, and um, I got really confused. But then once you start to get into it, they do a good job of explaining all the backstory of all the characters. So it's about a family who the parents, I guess, in the original. The, it was called Packed to the Rafters because they were like van people. They went around, you know, who just travel around in a van and they might have a house, but most of the time they just spend their time traveling around the country. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they had a whole bunch of kids uh, doing this in the original show, I guess. And now in this second show, all the kids are grown up uh, and some of them have their own kids. And, but the parents also have a kid uh, and it's kind of just a, a drama about the family and all the ins and outs. Like one one brother, his apartment building is being uh, what do you call it when when there's like a crack in the foundation and they don't allow anybody in or whatever. It's being condemned. That's what it is. And so he's losing his house and it's he he doesn't know what to do with his life and he has to stay with his brother. At the same time, his parents are staying there and the dad, the grandfather, I guess has Alzheimer's, so he doesn't remember anything, and they're dealing with that. So it's a drama about family problems. Uh, It was fine. The acting was ho-hum. The storyline is very drama-esque. I don't know, for me, not really great, but I can see how a lot of people would really enjoy this. It kind of gave me, like, a Seventh Heaven vibe or something, so I'll give it a four. Four. Uh, I saw uh, Christopher Walken, Stephen Mar- Merchant television show called The Outlaws. Uh, this is uh, from Amazon. Yeah, I think this is Prime. Uh, it is a brilliantly silly crime comedy. This is so good. Look, did you see this? No. Okay, so it's about seven strangers that meet up, and there are people that normally don't interact with each other, to say that, and they have to uh, renovate this community center, and yeah, uh, but uh, when one of their uh, people get like uh, 
dragged into dangerous uh, crime, they unite together. Uh, so uh, none of them are like taken by the crime uh, outside of uh, their family. I am going to give this 9 out of 10. Really recommend this look. Steven Merchant uh, also made this show. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen Christopher Walken in something in many, many years. What was it called? Uh, the Outlaws. Hmm, okay. I don't know how I haven't heard of it. Uh, Maya and the Three, which was on Netflix. Cartoon. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? Nope. I saw it was on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good, actually. The animation style is... I, I really like the animation style. I kind of compare it uh, to the animated versions of uh, Wallace and Gromit, where it went from being claymation to looking like claymation, but being animation, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Where they have the same kind of lip style, where it looks like they're doing claymation, but it's all animated. Um, I like the, the animation style. Uh, it actually is pretty funny. To be honest, like it's very comedic. It's about a young girl. Jeez, eh, where is this in Maya, Mayan uh, civilization? You know, and she's like the princess, uh, and these evil god, evil gods come down to like destroy uh, humanity. I think or civilization. This civilization specifically, uh, and so it's about her and her battle to fight evil basically uh but it's very funny I, I i laughed quite a bit at this i'd recommend it to you fro just for the comedy and the animation style at at very least uh i'd probably give this a seven i have now put it on my list uh adventure beast is also an animated show on netflix yeah that was the last it, thing i saw uh this is about a group of people that is in nature to try to find out uh, how uh, the animals interact. But it is uh, <laughs> with uh, a researcher that doesn't want to really be a researcher, uh, a guy that uh, is a very bad professor, and uh, there's also a love relationship that doesn't really work. It is kind of funny. I I laughed sometimes. It's not as good as another animated show I saw on Netflix this week, but it was good enough. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought the the joke in it was like the running joke is that this guy does not care about his own well being. So he's continuously yeah. getting attacked by lions and different beasts mm -hmm. or uh hurting him but he just can't die like a car falls on him out of a tree and he just digs his way out from underneath the car um kind of very you know like uh wily coyote-esque like he continuously gets hurt and he never he just can't be killed um that's that's kind of interesting concept for a show but the running joke over time is kind of like okay i get it like the joke mm. they almost overdo the joke to a degree but yeah yeah. Um, at the very, very end of the episode, then you see that there's, like, this guy who actually is a real person. I don't know if you got mm -hmm. to the, that part of it. Uh, which I think that, that the, this whole thing's inspired from a real person, which I think is interesting. Uh, the last thing I saw was season two of Lock and Key. 
Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it is as good as season one. So just be, be prepared for it being good. Yeah, I didn't even get around to even thinking about watching it this week. Uh, I, I knew it was out, but I just need time to like sit down and actually pay attention to it, which I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do that. That's a show that you really have to like pay attention to, so. I agree. But what is the last thing we saw together, together, together? Right, Inside Job on Netflix. Yeah, this was a fun little show that I uh, didn't really think was going to be as good as, as it was, actually. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I had high hopes for it, just from the description. I hadn't watched any commercials for it or anything before we went into it. I went in just knowing that what it was about, which is about a government agency, which is a secret government agency designed to hide all the true conspiracies in the world. So we mm -hmm. go into this underground lair where big they're keeping Bigfoot and they have aliens walking around and very kind of Men in Black-esque uh I mean, they do Men in Black joke. Right, they do. Was, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's actually true. They have what is it, the brain scrambler joke, right? Is mm -hmm. that what you're talking about? Yeah. And, and the whole organization is being run by some type of Illuminati-type group, right? <laughs> um, the president is a robot, and it's all mm. it's all run by one person, and he gives over the reins when he gets an, a, a promotion to... Uh, our main character, and she uh, thinks she's going to get the job all to herself, but it ends up getting split between her and a new guy. And that's kind of mm. the dynamic of the show, is she wants ultimate power, uh, and she learns over at least the first episode that she uh, has to work with this guy to get done what she wants to get done. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, the concept is hilarious. Uh, I think it could only possibly get better i don't see it getting worse but what do you think you know i gave this a very strong 8.5 uh i think this is a show that could be even better i love the concept i love the animation maybe even a nine but i'm going to keep it at 8.5 uh, for giving it time to grow and give me more i was going to give it an eight so we're pretty close cool uh, let's go into the news. Uh, Dave Chappelle uh, is willing to meet with Netflix employees, but stands by his art. Uh, yeah, did you see uh, John Stewart came out and defended Chappelle also this week? I did see this, yeah. Uh, Chappelle is speaking out days after Netflix employees staged a walkout. Uh, he came under fire for disparaging remarks about the transgender community in the Netflix The Closer. The comic has said he's willing to meet with Netflix employees who are upset over this, over his jokes. His rep notes that the protest organizers did not reach out to him directly. Uh, Dave stands by his art, a spokesman for Chappelle at, tells Yahoo, both sides of the street are talking to Dave, uh, are talking, and Dave is listening. At some point, when everyone is open, I'm sure our communities will come together. As Dave said, his in his special, no more jokes about transgenders and we'll, until we can all laugh together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is over now? Um, 
No, I mean, like he said, they want he wants to get in touch with people and talk about this. I, but I think that's kind of what he said during the actual special is like, I want to have right. a dialogue about this so I can understand things better. Um, it says uh, that he the rep for Chappelle added that neither she nor the comedian received any contact from Ashley Peterson, the trans activist who organized the walkout. Peterson told reporters that she had invited Chappelle to a transformative dialogue with us, uh, and he has made it clear it is that is not an interest to him. Uh, but they're they're saying that they never that she never got in touch with them. Netflix employees hope the walkout will put pressure on the company to adopt measures uh, uh, in this area. So, Yeah, it will be interesting to see if anything will be done with this or this was just uh, uh, a thing that uh, was in the media and, and, and never will be talked about again. I hope that it will uh, gather more communication to be honest i yeah i mean obviously netflix did not somehow did not see this being a huge issue i mm. i don't see how that's possible when before this special even came out i would i said on this podcast i was like there's there's going to be drama to cover about this uh i don't know mm -hmm. i we didn't even know what it was going to be but just it's just Chappelle and the way he is and the way his comedy style is and that it's 2021 and that the last time he put out a special, people tried to cancel him, that it was just like, no, I, he made these jokes that like they Netflix had to have known that there was going to be backlash and yeah, I don't know. Do they see this as positive uh, publicity in a way or like just, you know, publicity in general? I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Uh, let's talk about Paris Hilton. We saw her cooking show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what is she saying now? Uh, she's coming out against, uh, that every year thousands of teenagers are shipped to boarding schools, boot camps, and other facilities against their will. Uh, some people call it tough love, but the troubled teen industry, which generates billions of dollars annually, is reportedly a hotbed of psychological and physical abuse. I don't know if you remember uh, Daniel Brugoli recently coming out, and do, like it was a whole big thing last mid middle of last year with her coming out and saying, yep. uh, Dr. Phil, you need to do something about the ranch. This is the, mm. They abuse kids. People were like hurt and uh, physically uh, hurt and mentally abused as well. Um, mm -hmm. And now Paris Hilton, a self-described victim of this in industry, wants it to stop. The entrepreneur and reality star went to Washington, D.C. on Wednesday to advocate for the accountability along survivors, advocates, and groups of lawmakers, including Jeff Merkley and Ro Khanna. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it's in, I think it's important because it's it's... It's a thing that uh, they should be wary about when they send people to this kind of places that they they actually have a responsibility for how people are treated at this place. I mean, it, I think those a, kind of places, it, it seems like it would breed a hotbed of just 
people who want to get those jobs who are people who would abuse people, right? Like that's like oh yeah, definitely somebody's dream job as a, a, mm-hmm. an abuser. Um, Hilton wrote a piece in the Washington Post recounting her experiences in the industry. Hilton recounts being woken up in the middle of the night, handcuffed by two men as part of a parent-approved kidnapping when she was 16 years old and would ultimately find her way through four separate troubled teen facilities. Uh, This is a quote. I was choked, slapped across the face, spied on in the shower, and deprived of sleep, Hilton wrote. Um, I was called vulgar names and forced to take medication without any diagnosis. Uh, these are things that we heard, all these things we've heard from Daniel Bogoli last year. Like, mm. all those same things. Um, yeah, I, I guess people, hopefully, people take it more seriously. Not Because Paris Hilton is bi- a bigger name. But, uh, I, I guess I can... I guess I just don't understand why it wasn't taken seriously when Daniel Bregoli came out and said it, right? Yeah, you, I, I don't... I, I don't guess know. it was to I, a degree. Just maybe that was like a catalyst to make this happen. So maybe it's good. Mm. That that could be that uh, it now, well, once and for all, will come into... Uh, people will do something about this. Well, now that we have lawmakers involved, uh, if there is some kind of, you know, uh, testimony set up to talk about this kind of thing, maybe they will bring in Daniel Bagoli. That would be good. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, look, if you could have something from one celebrity, what thing would it be and what celebrity would it be? Uh, um, can, I, can I pick somebody's house? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. Trisha Paytas' house. Right. Yeah. Sure. That's what I want. I want Trisha Paytas' house. Yeah. Uh, I I want Moses, and you can have. Uh, <laughs> okay. Sure. House. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, some celebrities, uh, even celebrities, get uh, struck by celebrity fame. Uh, Adele. Got a framed piece of Celine Dion's used gum as a gift from James Gordon. Okay, uh, creepy much. She owns a framed piece of Celine Dion's gum. Well, it all comes down to the fact that the singer is very choosy about her gifts, according to James Corden. Uh, Corden explained the gum ended up in Adelaide, uh, Adele's hands after Grammy. Winger, after the Grammy winner showed off this week's uh, showed off this week in a video interview with Vogue, calling the masticated mass her proudest possession. Okay, uh, I guess she's just a fan of Celine Dion. I don't. That's just <laughs> kind of gross. Kind of. Maybe I think it's super gross. Maybe she wants to um, clone, clone her. her. Yeah, yeah. In the future. <laughs> She's like, I love her so much that if she dies, I just will clone her and bring her back. Yeah. Audible pew pew pew, pew has uh, uh, offer to you, dear listeners. Go to audibletrial.com slash ADC. That's audibletrial.com slash ADC. Right now, they have a Halloween special. 
uh, where you can uh, get scary good books. Uh, so if you want to use one credit, you can get two books. So I did that today, actually. I bought myself two books. I bought uh, Rosemary's Baby, uh, read by Mia Farrow, because that was kind of interesting. Okay. I mean, she's the main main actor in Rosemary's Baby. Mm -hmm. I have never read the book, actually. Uh, uh, me neither. No, I just saw the movie. And then I got the man in the Rockefeller suit. The Stonglish Rises particular fall of a serial imposer. So, Doof's too, I got for one credit. So that was nice. Okay, good. Uh, let's see, where are we going? Movie news. Uh, I guess the big one of the biggest stories this week, really, was movie news, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, we were talking about having it in the news news, so this is huge news and very sad news uh, because Alec Baldwin killed somebody, actually. Uh, yeah, did we talk about this at all last week? I thought we did. We no. must have talked about it. No. No? We didn't. Okay. Well, you and me spoke about it uh, when we were doing uh, a movie that we're going to talk about later. Okay, right. Uh, but yeah, uh, on the set of Rust, uh, investigators recovered ammunition from Baldwin sh movie shooting, uh, which killed one person and injured another. Detectors re recover what they describe as loose and boxed ammunition from the Western movie set where Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed a cinematographer, according to an according to an inventory of seized items that was released on Monday. Authorities say did not say what type of ammunition they removed and whether it included live or dummy bullets or blank cartridges. The items included two boxes of ammo, quote-unquote, loose ammo, and boxes, as well as a fanny pack with ammo, quote-unquote. Uh, one of the central mm. mysteries about the killing remains what kind of projectile was fired from the gun and how it got there. Investigators hope the forensic analysis of ballistic evidence will shed light on those questions. Uh, in another rev revelation, the production company said the assistant director who hand hand handed Baldwin the gun and told him it was unloaded had been fired from an earlier movie for a mis another mishap with a gun. Um, we also know that there was a walkout on the set right before this happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of security. Because of security, okay. Uh, the incident... Before the incident, camera operators had walked off the set to protest working conditions, according to the Sheriff's Department affidavit. The probe into the shooting is examining information beyond what happened just that day. Investigators are looking into everything that should have been followed from safety standards all on down. Um... Yeah, uh, it seems bad right now, for sure, because saying criminal charges possible in shooting on Alec Baldwin's set, uh, the Santa Fe County District Attorney said on Tuesday that they were not ruling out criminal charges in last week's fatal shooting. Actor Alec Baldwin was rehearsing with a gun when he was that he was told did not contain live ammunition when it went off. Uh, we haven't ruled anything out. Everything at, at this point, including criminal charges, is on the table. Okay. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty... 
I feel so bad for everybody because it's like, and and uh, I I do agree that this has nothing to do in in industry right now. Like that's what I see. People online were talking about like how unnecessary these kind of prop guns are nowadays. Yeah, we have the technology to not only do it in CGI, but to make a gun mm. that acts and looks and and uh, mimics a real gun that doesn't actually have yep. any type of uh, explosive charge in it or gunpowder mm. of any type. Um, that's totally capable to happen um i don't know if it, if maybe those are more expensive and there's a cost it's cost effective to use real gun i don't know but it seems like that this is probably going to be the last draw for this kind of thing uh on movie okay, sets yeah. uh at least one, especially unionized movie sets for sure um mm. i would assume that that's going to happen i guess the big, big question is is anybody going to be charged with anything is Alec Baldwin going to be charged with anything? Um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of questions still up in the air, but you you got to feel bad for Alec Baldwin. He didn't, as far as we know, he didn't know any better, and he it sounds like he was just uh, rehearsing or practicing with the gun when it went off. So, mm. um, yeah, I can just imagine how bad everybody feels and... Uh, in that situation where it, it, it pro more than likely this was just a big accident so uh okay let's talk about uh, movies i've seen some movies this week uh let's begin with a special uh netflix special this is called sex unzipped uh it is with uh, the rap star sweetie i don't think I've heard about her before this week. We saw her on the Paris Hilton show. She was one of the guests. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't recognize her. Uh, but yeah, she's there to talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. This is the most cringe thing I have seen in my entire life. Okay. Not only is it cringe, but it's documentary and it's... <sighs> It is m one of the most vogue thing I have ever, ever seen Netflix make in my entire life. Because every puppet that is in this show has a different fluent sexual thing with them. And it's very... Puppet? Yeah. Okay. It's very... Yes. You just said puppet. It's also puppets. Okay. <laughs> yes. I did say puppets. Alright. But uh, the homosexual bear, for example, because he's a bear. Oh, okay. like... Oh, right. I, okay, yeah. Like the mm -hmm. like the type of person, the bear. Mm -hmm. Right, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Funny. Is that a joke? I don't think that's a joke. Is it a comedy? It what is, are, what is, is this? <laughs> this is sex unsipped on Netflix, look. It's probably going to end up in my least favorite things of the year thing. Because it's cringe and I had to see... So it's in 15 and 9 minutes. I've seen half an hour of it. And I... Yeah. I, I don't know if I con can continue to be honest. But I have to. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 0. Out of 10. Uh, I saw The Green Knight this week um oh yeah cool 
Did you you I saw like this already? Movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of boring. I didn't think you would. Yeah. I, okay. So first and foremost, I don't think you would see this, and if you saw it, uh, I thought you would find it kind of boring. Um, and the ending made me go, yeah, okay, like, kind mm. of knew that was going to happen this whole time, but like, uh, it's it, it's also very confusing. Uh, but I think it's confusing sure. on purpose to a degree. Mm-hmm. Be- just the way the end, like the end, wraps around, uh, and you realize that. Well, I won't say you realize that something isn't real. Um, I it's just it's just boring, you know. It was it's just not that great. Um, that's all I can say about it. I mean, the acting's fine. The cinematography is amazing. That was probably the best thing about it. Oh, is like so good. some great wide shots of some scenic landscapes. You know that classic just looks looks very beautiful. Looks very nice. Looks very cinematic. Um, mm. But yeah, very boring and a little bit confusing and very like I get okay, sure I get it. Like that there's a moral to it, but to me it's like not a very maybe deep meaning if that makes sense like it's not very uh oh wow that that really got me and made me feel like oh i need to think about this again like once i finished this movie i was like it was out of my brain and done done and gone so overall i gave it a 3.5 well talk about done and gone movie a body cam uh, this is a horror movie on netflix with mary j blige Okay. And Nat Wolf, David says, uh, it is about this horrible death by a police officer. Uh, and they have to hunt uh, for supernatural things in the apartment where she lives. And is it supernatural? Is it normal? Uh I don't care, you don't care, this is a police movie, I didn't like it especially, <laughs> I give it a 3 out of 10, yeah, 3 out of 10. Uh, let's go with I'm Your Man, uh, it was a German movie that came out, I think we watched the trailer of this uh, mm-hmm. in the Another Digital Review. Um, it's a movie about a woman who takes part in an experiment with an AI, except they put the AI in a realistic humanoid robot, and it's designed to be the perfect companion uh, for her. Like, the AI is set up to just focus on her, lo- like, falling in love with it. So it's learning, it's sitting there. learning all about her wants and needs and she's a fairly stubborn woman so it's kind of interesting to see her be like uh she treats it like a a computer for a lot of the movie and then over time you know it's very much like her where over time like it it the ai learns so much about her that it it learns everything she wants and needs and so it she becomes attached if that makes sense if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um Mm. Yeah, it was per- it was very good. I liked it. I'd give it a probably a seven point five. Uh, so the cinematography is nothing amazing to look at, but uh, the rest of it, the acting is very good. The story is very good. It's very uh, 
don't go into this thinking you're getting some kind of sci-fi thriller or anything. It's a love story movie, so. Mm. Yeah, hey, look, you remember the movie uh, Get Out? Uh, yeah. Where somebody uh, had to get in, out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, out of a trance. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's remake that movie with uh, Katie Sagal. Uh, and make it about uh, this lady called Jen that uh, uh, asks this very mysterious hypnotherapist uh, to help her after she's uh, struggling uh, just privately and on her job and that's getting, then gets trapped in this deadly mind game. Uh, this is called Hypn Hypnotic. It is on Netflix, came out today. Uh, I can't recommend this hard enough uh, because it is one of the most atrociously bad movies I've seen <laughs> in quite 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 a while. Look, okay, uh, but uh, I'm going to give it a one point five. Uh, it was very very funny. You know, on purpose. No. Okay. Uh, last thing I saw, I saw with you, No One Gets Out Alive, which was about mm -hmm. uh, an immigrant who comes to the U.S. Um, illegally and is working a job where she can barely afford to live somewhere, but she finds this very cheap, what, almost hostile type thing um, where strange things start to happen so she wants to get out out of this place but they won't let her leave because uh, they took her deposit right and she needs that money um and then ghostly things start to happen i don't know where Ooh. to go from there do you any do you have any, anything to add to that no Boo. uh yeah this movie wasn't Great. It wasn't terrible either. It was yeah. a fine B horror movie. Um, it was totally okay. The ending was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily predictable. I wouldn't say that at all. No. I thought the no. one guy who plays uh, what was his name, Red. He's a very good actor. Mm. I liked him in this. He did. Uh, I think he uh, was definitely the best. The best. Yeah. Character, at least in this whole film. Yeah. Um. The ending is a little bit up in the air as to what me and Fro... I don't know. We both kind of were like, that might be what it means, but I don't know. If, like, mm -hmm. it was left a little open-ended, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And I like that. You like that? I I wanted a little mm -hmm. bit more explanation. Uh, but that's fine, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Overall, I gave it um, a 4.5, actually. Okay. I would give it a 5. Right in the middle. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought some of the acting was a little subpar, so I had to go below, below a five. Uh, okay. Are you ready to see a Wes Anderson movie? Uh, well, let's watch the trailer, and then we can watch the movie later. Discover the world of Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. <laughs> Whoa. It's very... So we got some black and white happening and some color. Yeah. And we're going like three, four aspect ratio. So the whole movie in three, four? I guess so. I yeah. heard that... Uh, now we have some animation happening? What? It's a Wes Anderson movie. 
and it's positively exuberant with stars of the silver screen. Benicio del Toro, oh, going Francis McDormand, he's going so fast, Jeffrey Wright. I know. Owen Wilson, Bill Murray. You're fired. <laughs> Don't cry in my office. <laughs> it's one of the best movies of the year. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. So, yeah. I heard this is the most Wes Anderson movie Wes Anderson has made, so... Uh, what is this movie all about, and why is it going to win Oscar? Well, that was different. Uh, the love letter... Two journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch. Uh, right, this has 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 75% on Metacritic. Wow, pretty even there. And 89% uh, of Google users liked it. Well... Terry Sanders gave it one star and said, This is the last Wes Anderson film I'm going to torture myself with. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with many professional reviews have stated uh, that it's an uneven collection of three stories that are full inspired cliches of his previous works. Aww. Uh, Maura Mac McNutley said zero. Uh, Miss uh, Lee's disappointing without any good humor. I mean, it, funny content, uh, but it's uh, nothing close to the whimsical princess and artful devices. The film is annoying and that it is bad. Okay, I went to IMDb. Um... How do you even say this? Suramano Miro 22 says 10 out of 10. I was scared about many things like multiple different stories and the black and white in this movie. Those all ended up being perfect in this. Uh, such a unique experience like it was most Wes Anderson movies that Wes Anderson... It was the most Wes Anderson movie that a Wes Anderson movie can be. But right. still That's so... I've heard. But still so different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Dash... 28723 says, A pretentious bore, so gutted to see a director I love so much fall so far, so pompous, he he choose to flaunt his overdone style to the extreme instead of crafting a story with emotional layers. Barf. Uh, yeah, they're not really happy about it. I mean, I tend to like the Sanderson movies. Uh, I don't think I've seen a Wes Anderson movie that I haven't liked, to be honest. I mean, this person gave it a 6 out of 10, Becky Salsa, and says, Despite the outstanding production design, beautiful soundtrack, and stellar cast, the movie just didn't tell me much. It's not the best Wes Anderson movie at all. Yeah, I will take that back. I didn't like Isle of Dogs. I didn't think Isle of Dogs was that good, to be honest. Okay. That's maybe my least favorite Wes Anderson movie. Another thing coming out, or that came out, is Dune, which I know Fro wants to see. What movie is that? Dune. There's Never this Dune it. movie Never that came out uh, Never that everybody it. says is amazing, actually. Uh, <laughs> apparently it 
cuts off at a weird spot. That's the only thing I've heard negative about it. But it's because <laughs> they like cut the book in half or the you know the story in half. The movie in yeah. In twain, as they say. Um, Paul Atreris, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure that the future of his family and his people, uh, as a malevolent force, explodes into conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most prestigious resource in existence. Only those who can conquer their own f fears will survive. Uh, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, 74% on Metacritic. Wrongs gone wrong. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> Barney is a social awkward schoolboy who receives a robot named Ron, a walking, talking, digital connected device that's supposed to be his best friend. Barney is excited to finally have his own robot until the new toy uh, starts hilariously malfunction, draws the attentions of shady executives who wants to protect his company's stock at all price. Uh, has it any people that you, you would know as no voices? Zach Galfinakis mm -hmm. uh, is in it. Uh, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, 65% on Metacritics, and 92% of Google users like this movie. Uh, becoming Cousteau, a look at the life, passions, and achievements, the life, passion, achievements, and tragedies surrounding the famous explorer and environmentalist Jacques Cousteau, Featuring mm -hmm. an archive of newly restored footage, uh, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 72% on Metacritic. It's a documentary. I, I always liked him when I was a kid. Yeah. I always thought his, his accent was... It. Yes. I always thought his accent was, like, amazing when I was younger. I was like, this guy is so cool. <laughs> If you see Under the Sea with Someone, Someone, uh, by Wes Anderson, that's also a Jack Cousteau, uh, kind of like... Oh, yeah, yeah, fiction. I remember that, with the yeah. Bill Murray one, yeah, that was, yes. that was, it was good, it was funny, but uh, not, like, overly funny, right, yeah. Yes, like every movie, by him. By him, exactly. Uh, yes, uh, 13 Fanboy. Uh, an obsessed fan stalks his favorite actors from the Friday 13, uh, 13 films and beyond, murdering his idol Jason Voorhees. Ah, oh, it has uh, people in it that I know. That is funny. Debbie Sue Voorhees, uh, Jody Harrison, Kenny Hodder, Dee Wallace. That's funny. Uh, four out of four point five out of ten on MDB. 2.8 out of 5 on Letterbox and 58% of Google users like the movie. Alright, what do we want to see? I guess I uh, I want to see The French Dispatch probably a little more than Dune. Like, not a lot more, but a little tiny bit more. What about you? Uh, no, I really want to see this very independent movie called Dune. I was wondering, because you really like Wes Anderson films, but you really want to see Dune, so I was like, I wonder which way he's going to go with this. <laughs> Probably the movie that's been my number one movie of the year to 
two years in a row. row. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you really like Wes Anderson, so I wasn't sure. I really do love Wes Anderson. I do. That is true. Uh, next week we'll talk news of the week again. Uh, TV and movies of the week. We will do another digital review of a movie that I, both me and Luca are looking forward to. Antlers. Yeah, I saw and, a new commercial or yeah. a new trailer, I think, last night for it. Um, and it looks so good. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and we will do Inside Job, Episode 2 review. Jeremy Round. Uh, ending in the Jeremy Round loop. I guess let's start with Keemstar retiring. Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? I think you watch more Keemstar than I do. Oh, definitely. I, of the I've, two of us, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely the Keemstar. I don't really watch him at, at, at all anymore. I would say early in, in like his drama alert career, I remember getting recommended him a lot. And then now I, I mm. never, ever anymore. But um, I never was subscribed to him or anything. So Let's talk about the movie that you made me watch. Uh, I didn't take it in the movie round, but uh, I did oh, see Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Ernest saves Christmas <laughs> because I have. I thought you would have watched the though. Halloween one. I guess I did say the Halloween ones. Like it, everybody swears by the Halloween one though, because it's like it's a movie that like they shouldn't have made you, this for children. You send me the link to the Christmas one. I know because I like the Christmas one better. I would say it's better, but I don't know. Okay. I, um, they're both on YouTube for free, so if you want to watch the Halloween, okay. I don't know. Maybe you want to watch the Halloween one now because you like the Christmas one so much. Oh yeah, I really liked the Christmas one. Uh, no, I didn't like it's it. The, uh, it's really dumb humor. You gotta so like. Dumb. You gotta like get in it the mindset so of how stupid. stupid. Like the part with the the reindeer in the warehouse. <laughs> it's just the dumbest like concept oh. like that somebody could even think of that like reindeer getting caught in a warehouse that can fly and they're trying to get out. It's just really f stupid. And Santa Claus that uh, wants to go to, like, it, it's so... <sighs> okay, so when I think of movies that you kind of have to go into without thinking of anything, this is maybe the one that I will think of the most, because absolutely nonsense. That's that's what I'm going to call Oh, this all movie. of the Ernest movies, all the Ernest movies are that. Like every one and he made tons of them. He made oh. Halloween, he went he went he did a camp movie, I think went to school. Yeah, he did, there were tons of them. And there was a Saturday morning TV show Ernest that was even okay. just as wacky and weird. Um yeah, he was really big for a really long time. Uh, what happened to him? He passed away. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, I believe, and but yeah, he Drugs. was. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I, I remember. I, that's what I remember. Uh, I don't remember why he died. I, maybe I never knew. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no. It, it felt. It felt like a bad version of of uh, the man with the golden gun movies. Oh, lung cancer. So, uh. if, do you count uh, tobacco as a drug? Because that's probably sure. what did it. <laughs> he, I mean, you heard his voice. He had a very raspy kind of oh, smoker yeah. voice for sure. Uh, Jim Varney. Yeah, but later in life, he actually did had some pretty decent roles, believe it or not. Um, okay. Yeah, he was 
he, growing up, he was one of the funniest people I remember for sure. Like he was hilarious, especially when I was I mean, a, it when I was bad. a kid. I, I'm, I'm not say, going to say it's a bad movie, but it was just ludicrous. Oh yeah, stupid. It's just ridiculous, and it's got that like yeah. southern humor kind of thing going on for sure. Uh, did you watch the William Osmond video of him like talking about uh, online comments? Yeah, I don't know if he said he wanted to quit or not. He he wrote he kind of because in the video he was like, "I'm done. I'm done. I don't know what I'm done with. What I'm done." So he didn't say like. I think people interpreted it that as being like quitting, but I'm not sure that it is. But I thought the whole what it was like a 25 minute kind of documentary style thing talking to a bunch of YouTubers about how they feel about uh, negative comments or like really mean comments and how it affects them. Differently, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting because that's not just true for like YouTubers. Like you think of it, it's probably more because they a bigger YouTuber is going to get a lot of comments and mm, proportionally they'll be fine, but there'll be more bad ones the more comments you get. But just on social media in general, comments like that in everybody's life can be like a thing. You know what I'm saying? Thing that can be Mm -hmm. like aggravating. Um, I mean, just look at that the couch guy tiktok thing that happened that those people's life because of comments in the in the <laughs> under a tiktok are just like completely turned around so and they weren't famous or anything so i think like there's something to say about like uh not letting the comments affect you but it's almost impossible it's very it's a weird thing but watch that william osmond video i guess yeah i agree uh i know that you don't follow football but Manchester United and Liverpool are one of the like biggest teams in in Britain. Uh, they had a game together, and when they fight each other, it's like it's hate. It's like pure hate. Uh, Liverpool won five nil. <laughs> that is uh, the worst. Uh, it is the worst. Uh, uh, like uh, score for Manchester United in like over five decades or something and uh, you know the leader of uh, Manchester United he's Norwegian like uh, the manager so it's been a lot of speculation the last days uh, online if he has to go now because of the uh, 5-0 loss. Uh, did you see the whole thing? Not that I'm really into sports, but you mentioned sports, so I figured I'd talk about this. The Kyrie Irving thing about, like, the people who stormed. There was, like, a whole group of people protesting this. Ky- Kyrie Irving is, like, a basketball player who doesn't want to get vaccinated, so he oh, yes. didn't, like, yes. he just refused. They wouldn't let him play, and now all these people mm. are protesting for to let him play, even though he's not vaccinated, and they, like, broke the barrier in front of the stadium and tried to get inside mm-hmm. the stadium. I thought that was a crazy video that happened this week online. Uh... Not really anything came out of it. They didn't even, I don't think, got, I didn't think they even got in the arena, but they were, it was just a weird, crazy video. People are getting so riled up about everything in America. It's wild to see. Um, uh, Ed Sheridan was in Sweden trying Swedish food. Okay. It was very, very funny. Really? Uh, one of the most funny videos I've seen in quite a while. 
I will send you the link to it when we're done with this. Something we've talked about a lot. Uh, there's a Business Insider article that came out today um, called Police Officers Are Collapsing After Touching Fentanyl, but experts say Again? you can't overdose from skin contact. The likelier story is panic attacks, like we've been saying. Oh, really? It says here, mm. the only way to overdose is from injecting, snorting, or other some other way of ingesting it. The... D- Dr. Ryan Moreno, a medical director of toxology at the University Hospital in Cleveland, Cleveland told the New York Times, uh, moreover, the symptoms people describe after touching fentanyl vary widely from dizziness to blurry vision to heart palpitation. Dr. Lewis Nelson, director of medical toxicology at Rutgers Medical School, uh, said passive exposure to fentanyl does not result in clinical toxicity. he, uh, where is it? He added that the rec- reactions usually resolve on their own and faster than the drugs effect should last as well. They are also hmm. aren't consistent with signs and symptoms of opioid poisoning and the triad of slow breathing, decreased consciousness, and pinpoint pupils. Nelson wrote. Uh, so yeah, experts are coming out and saying this isn't real, and that it says in modern. Uh, in classic hysteria cases, uh, people are probably familiar with what is called 19th century or early 20th century hysteria. Patrick Blanchfield, an associate member of the Brooklyn Institute School of Research who specializes in psychoanalytic theory, uh, he said symptoms present as temporary paralysis, people's limbs would lock up, they would start screaming, wailing for no apparent reason. In modern day terms, police officers may be experiencing a conversion disorder when intense stress is converted into physical symptoms, Blachely explains, uh, which is very similar to a panic attack. He's, Blachefield said, I didn't think officers were exaggerating or collapsing on purpose. He believes they are truly scared. Hmm. It's all in their heads. <laughs> it's in your head. Yeah. Right. That is so interesting. Very interesting. Huh. Uh, I don't have anything else. I don't think so. Is there anything else interesting? That, that was pretty much all the interesting stuff that happened on YouTube, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, PewDiePie think... gave your country back. There was that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 f- I feel better now that we're not, now that we're not under... PewDiePie regime anymore. The thumb of the dictator PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, that's everything. Uh, I will see you all that listens to this in a week. Tell your friends about this. Uh, it helps. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody. Another, di- another, digi- another digital citizen. 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 Another digital citizen.